Get ready to tune in to stories of average men striving for greatness to become the leaders that are needed in their homes, in their career, and their communities. This is the Brotherhood of Fatherhood podcast. Hey, 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 what's up, Brotherhood? This is Scott, your host. Today on this episode of Brotherhood of Fatherhood, I have my friend Austin Lenny, and I can say friend at this point. He is a serial entrepreneur, real estate investor, and a business and mindset coach is really where I want to uh, dial in today. Uh, he also has a podcast, Construct Your Life, and um, really quite honestly, this guy just kicks ass, so I wanted him to come on the Brotherhood podcast and fill you guys up with some, some uh, mental juice and, and get you moving in the right direction. What's up, Austin? Welcome to the show. What's going on, man? Thanks for uh, having me here. Super excited to share my story, yeah. share anything I can. You know, it's really interesting you were talking about what we're going to talk about. And, you know, we as men, especially, we talk about business a lot. Yeah. Like, you know, business this i just got off an hour and a half call with a guy you know that uh, we were talking about him scaling his business and we both i looked at him at the end of the call and i go dude business is easy it's that other shit it's the personal it's how are we as a husband how are we as a father that's the stuff that if you can master that then the business kind of just takes care of itself i think men just hide it hide in business they hide there because they can they can answer questions but they they can hide all of their their personal stuff and their struggles and their con- their lack of ability to connect and emotionally connect and emotionally be vulnerable and it, it can be all just you can put this big wall of business in front of you it's super easy to talk about so i'm this is good this is really good well, we wear we wear it as a badge of honor right like i look at me look how hard i worked but guys wake up okay that is a prerequisite these days. You don't get any extra points for working hard. No, no. <clears throat> flip the script. I like flipping the script. I'm like, hey, yesterday I took, I, I, I did two calls. They were 30 minutes each. Yesterday, <laughs> guess what? My business ran without needing my soul. Exactly, exactly. So Austin, um, one reason I had to get you on here was I interviewed you for another ep- or podcast I, I do called Stories That Sell. And um, we were we were introduced through a mutual um, friend, and uh, it was really fast that I'm like, this dude uh, has this extra little something that has a potential to help a lot of people. And even in the short time, I've known you, you've already made you know I kind of there's certain people who are master connectors, right? They know how to connect the right people with the right the right people, the right resources. And you've already helped me and my wife in her business and made connections that were incredible. And you have, uh, I think it was a 30 minute call we had at about 15 minutes. You had absolutely 100% shifted my mindset on something and it's made a massive difference. So I want to publicly thank you, but I want to pour that out to many people and really show them the power of their mind. And again, this whole get out of your own way type of thing. Um, so you're, you work with other people in a business perspective, you work with um, people as, as a mindset coach. Um, and so let's just dive into really exactly what you're talking about, you know, men getting out and really kind of figuring out what they need to really pay attention to. You know, what's the question that we don't ask ourselves ever? What's Who that? am I? Who am I? Mm-hmm. Like, regardless of what I do and to make money, regardless of absent of being a father, regardless of all those things, who am I? Like, seriously. And one of the things that I pride myself on is I think, I think goals give you direction, but I think values give you certainty, right? And no matter what economic climate, no matter what you're going through. And I think one of the things that I kind of tapped on this week is the difference between me as a drug addict and an alcoholic and me now is this little subtle thing. I still do the thing even when I'm not feeling it. 
That's the difference. I still show up for my workout, even when I'm not feeling it. Doesn't mean it's the best one, but I make, I keep the commitment to myself. I still show up for my work calls and my clients because they invested in me. I'm invested in them. And I don't hide it in a bottle. I don't hide it in Netflix. I don't hide it in working harder to distract myself because it's in those moments that you really create the separation of who you once were and who you're becoming. Because it's not about how much money you make, how much skills do you add on every day? How much do you learn and grow? And over time, those things are gonna, are gonna create what you're looking for because ultimately at the end of the day, the, the biggest issue that you have right now in your life is that you fucking think you, you control any of it. <laughs> that, that's the biggest thing. You, this, this, you know, and, and don't get me wrong. This is my number one thing I work on. I read a book called The Surrender Experiment by Michael Singer. And he talks about just understanding that the universe is working for you if you allow it to, and the more that you force, because one of the biggest issues I see with my clients is this, if you are in scarcity mode or survival mode, which I would say most people are, you cannot create anything from that state. You cannot create art. You cannot create manifestation. You cannot create goals. You, can cre you can't create positivity because you're just trying to get to the next day. Right. And it doesn't exist. And so it's really... My client's like, I want to start building my goals out. Nope. We got to tear it all down before we can build it back up. Yeah. And I would say that um, you have torn it all down. Uh, you know, I know your story You and you just mentioned it, uh, drugs, alcohol addiction, uh, and, a, and an absolute divorce, laid off, lost money in business, the, the, whole, the whole, yeah. Right. I, right. I got the book. Yeah. I, well, I think people, I think men hold these things in that like I'm, I'm a failure. I, I, I'm, I lost my wife. I didn't something. Went or, or am I amazing because of my failures? Mm -hmm. Well, that's the shift, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah. So let's a, a little backstory. You struggled from. So when I was, when I was 17, my parents divorced and somehow I, decided that I was the reason they got divorced because I was a problem kid. I, I kind of laid that into myself, uh, which proceeded to introduce me in the restaurant business to, to cocaine and methamphetamines. Um, and, you know, just kind of was never really like bought into school. It wasn't really my thing, but my dad's a doctor and it was like, hey, you know, I'm how do you live up to that? You know, like that whole ordeal. And then he, they he, um, I started pushing him away mm -hmm. uh, when he when he got remarried and and uh, you know proceeded to 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 make the world my my victim. You know everybody was against me and um, you know I never I never lost my work ethic. I still work, but I was doing you know massive amounts of drugs. Um, and uh, kind of one of my first breaking points was I stayed up for like eight days straight and I was a uh, I hadn't eaten much and I was taking Xanax to try to go to sleep, but I wasn't sleeping. I think I took like 40 Xanax that week. Plus I was doing like fucking eight balls of meth and stuff. And uh, I had an ex-girlfriend see me and she was like, dude, you're fucking look like shit. You, you know, this is not you. And like, I was like, ah, something's got to change. So I packed up all my stuff. I moved to Austin and uh, proceeded to, to walk away from the hard drugs, but, you know, proceeded to abuse alcohol for, for, for a long time. And uh, you know, in the restaurant business, it's, it's really hard to see that you have a problem because everybody's drinking and it's part of the, the culture and uh, wound up getting in a car wreck and, you know, having to move home and, and um, you know, still kept partying, didn't get the memo. And, and like this went on for like a month when I was back home with my mom and she wound up kicking me out and uh, I just had a bag of clothes. I had nowhere to live. I had no job, no car, no nothing. And um, the only thing I could do was I had a best friend's brother who had a, um, house and he's like we don't have anywhere for you to live but uh you can live underneath the stairs so i lived underneath the stairs and about 100 square feet in the closet uh and i i laid uh brick and tile in texas in july my my Ooh. boss picked me up at 5 a.m and dropped me off at 6 30 every day i lived off ramen noodles and ham sandwiches uh for like five months straight saved up money bought my grandma's old car got my bartending job back uh you know, and kind of started getting away from that, but, but proceeded to, to, to drink 
um, you know, every day really for like nine years. Um, and, uh, I've been sober for two years, nine months, give or take, uh, 10 months and, uh, lost like 65 pounds. And, you know, for me, it's, uh, there was a lot of shame around my sobriety for a long time because I thought that like you only had to go to 12 steps program. So I never spoke about it. Um, I never really talked about it ever. Like I just didn't talk to people about it. And what I realized is when I was keeping those things in the closet, uh, they were controlling every aspect of me um, when I was keeping them. But it's not until I brought them into the light that they no longer owned me. And I was able to just remove myself from them. So when I introduce myself at events, you know, I'm like, Hey, I was a drug addict. I was homeless. I was an alcoholic. I'm divorced. Nice to meet you. And when I do that, it just like allows people to realize that their shit's not really that bad. And, and when you don't allow that shit to control you, you really have freedom from it and you can look at it as something that served you instead of something that you're living inside of and you're never going to get out. Yeah, I think that mind shift of looking at these things that we've gone through as something that served you is is a big pivot. Uh, you work with a, a lot of people, and you've been through the fire. You've been homeless. You know, you you're you're telling these stories kind of half heartedly. I've heard the deeper versions of them, and they're they're intense. I mean, yeah, car wreck is is just kind of a tiny sliver of that story. It's it's definitely got a lot more oomph to it. So you guys. Yeah. Uh, Austin has definitely been through it. You um, now you work with people. Does their severity of their story or all the stuff they've been through, does it really change the problem? Do most people kind of have those same barriers? It's the it's the number one thing. It's you know the the real crutch of society is not alcoholics or it's not drug addiction it's not porn it's not any of those things it's victimhood it's that they think that they don't have a choice right or or i have to like i have to go do this i have to go do that and understand that here's the rub if you're an alcoholic you made the choices to get there so if that's the case then you can make the choices to get out of it. Mm-hmm. And here's the great thing in America. Everybody loves a comeback story. You know, what's the favorite thing that people love before and after photos. That's like, you know, America's obsession. Here's the shitty flip house. Here's how it looks good. Right. And so write your own story. Part of the journey is writing your own story and owning it instead of distancing yourself or distracting yourself from it. Because once you own it and understand that you have an option for to use it as empowerment and use it as a way to help others, right? That's really where you start learning about yourself is when you start helping others because you're like, you know, what, 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 my, what my clients don't know is I think my biggest self-improvement has been helping my clients, because by helping them, I'm seeing stuff in, in conjuncture with it going, ah, like here's, here's the thing with myself. I take myself really seriously, even though I'm pretty fun. I take myself pretty seriously sometimes. And then I get on the call with my client and I'm just like, like I'm seeing them take themselves too seriously. And I'm like, dude, lighten the fuck up. And I'm telling the same thing to myself in that exact moment. Right. Yeah. Right. And so it really is, um, creating a space where growth every day, learning, getting better is what you hang your hat on instead of look at me. Cause what's the number one thing everybody else says? Well, I know, but I should be here when I'm at this age. Well, guess what? I didn't think at a 13 year marriage at 38 years old, I was going to get laid off and divorced in the same two weeks. Like, do you know how, and lose all your house and your dog and everything. Like I didn't have seven boxes to my name. You did not think that that was going to, you're going to have to rebuild your life at 38. But on the other side of that is everything I ever wanted in business and true love and freedom. So I had an opportunity to think that there could be more and I'm going to owe it to myself to look for it and seek it out. Yeah, I really like the the age thing. Um, you know, I'm 48. I really kind of feel like I started really kind of finding my way at 40. 
life, <laughs> like literally. And sometimes I'm, I'm caught thinking, oh my gosh, am I ever going to get there? But really, it just doesn't matter. Like everything else was just the, the prequel. It, it was what's gotten me here. Now, not to say I don't struggle with a lot of those same things. Like, why did it take me so long? And why are the lessons so hard? And, and why am I stuck in this mindset that's been holding me bondage for, you know, 45 years? Um, yeah, I just think it's good to give permission. There's, there's, as you get older, the lessons get louder and they cost more. Mm-hmm. but they'll keep showing up until you figure until you learn your lesson it's just life yeah. and and at the end of the day the patterns that we have here's what men do men think that they're not obvious bro to anybody that does this for a living it's so obvious what you're doing and for you to sit there and think that we don't know we see it dude mm-hmm. like at the end of the day like you have a choice to be the father, the husband, the, the man that you've always know you needed to be. And you need to remove way less off of external validation and seek internal validation on what you born to do, what you always knew you were supposed to do. And it starts today. Hey guys, this is Scott. Thank you so much for listening to this podcast, but I did want to interrupt for just a second because I am super passionate about a new tool that I've found and been using for the last month or so. And if you're like me, the thought of writing copy puts me into cold sweats. But we all know that writing blogs, social media posts, web copy, ads, and more are part of life and can make a considerable impact on moving the needle to success in your business or job. We all know how difficult it can be to wrangle ideas, action words, and details, not to mention time constraints. Fear not. I have found a solution that allow, will allow you to easily crank out stunning copy in minutes. It's Jarvis, guys. It's probably hit your social media feed and you think it's too good to be true, but it is not. Jarvis is the latest artificial intelligence technology that will help you create content at lightning speed with little effort on your part or hefty fees for writers. You fill in two easy steps and it'll lay out descriptive paragraphs, both short and long-form articles, bullet lists, social media posts, blog posts, ad copy, SEO copy, Google ad copy. It gets super detailed. There are tons of templates to choose from. It's totally up to you. It's two steps, and it blows me away every time I use it. In fact, it just keeps getting better and better. So if you're like me, the thought and thought it was too good to be true, trust me. This product kicks ass. I literally use it every single day for personal and professional use. Just go try it for free and use my link. uh, And it's in the show notes. I'm not going to read it to you because it's crazy. But go to the show notes, click on the link, sign up for your free trial. You will never look back. And this is a great way to support this podcast. Super simple for you, for your business. Send it to your boss, send it to your friends. It will revolutionize workflow. The link is in the podcast notes. And if you want to support the brotherhood of fatherhood, this is a great way. Today. And it doesn't matter what the fuck it looks like. You know, all my clients, well, I know, but it's supposed to be like this and this. No, no, no. To be honest with you, while you're trying to fix yourself for about six months to a year, it's going to look pretty awkward and maybe get a little messy. Mm. But here's the great thing about blowing up your life like I have six times or more times is that when you blow it up, there's also freedom because you don't have to hold on to that identity anymore. Mm-hmm. And I get to pick up what I want and move on with myself. So there's actually freedom and burning it all down. Yeah, I think that's good to, to, to acknowledge that freedom from burning it all down. It's, it's the reason the brotherhood of fatherhood exists was, uh, you know, it, these things came burning down and, and this rose from the ashes. So there's so much good in the bad. <laughs> it really. yeah, and, and, and our need to stay away from the bad is actually, is actually hurting us more. Yeah. Like sometimes it's gotta be, look, dude, let's just call it what it is. I've gone through some shit in my life and there are many a nights, not so much anymore where I was up at 2 AM 
3 a.m. listening to Gary V, Jocko Willick. I was out on the field at 40 degree weather in Dallas, Texas, fucking running wind sprints for seven miles, yelling Imagine Dragons at the top of my fucking lungs because I was rebuilding my mind. There have been those days. And what people don't understand is sometimes when I get up really early in the morning and I post it on Instagram, like really early, like 2.30 in the morning, I'm half telling other motherfuckers that you don't stand a chance, Mm. that you will not outwork me. But I'm also telling myself that you have an obligation to impact and change as many lives as you possibly can before you walk over this earth because you were spared and most weren't. And when somebody dies close to me and it happened a year ago that was healthy and had been sober for seven years and took his own life, I was fucked up for like three days because it made me like really look into my own sobriety. But then it also made me realize in the end how fortunate I was because a lot don't make it out. Yeah. Yeah. Well, let's, let's get into that little nitty gritty because I know that getting sober was not like, you know, an easy thing. I'm sure. Let's talk about, I like the, the method you use to get sober and get your mind moving and the things you currently do and practice are might not work for everybody, but I actually think they might. <laughs> I mean, well, I, well, here's the, excuses, well, but well, here's, well, here's the problem with addiction. It's not, it's not, it's not drinking. That's the problem. It's that your subconscious mind needs it and that your identity is wrapped up in you're an alcoholic. Okay. Mm-hmm. So that's, that's the rub. It's not that you can't stop drinking. It's that once you stop drinking, you don't know who you are. And so now you have to rebuild your entire identity because that's what you resonated with. I'm the guy that goes out and drinks and watches football games. I'm the guy that goes and travels and does this. And then on top of that, you're changing who you are. So when you change yourself, your circle of friends are going to freak out because now you've made them have to look at themselves in the mirror because you're not in the herd anymore. So if you want to stop drinking or stop smoking or anything, you have to start with the dialogue that I am healthy and I do not drink anymore, or I'm healthy and I'm not an alcoholic. And then once you change that, what will happen is in 30 to 45 days, you'll have a drink in your hand and you'll go, I don't even know why I'm doing this. I don't do this because 90% of what we do in this world is based off our subconscious mind. Mm-hmm. So I wasn't really drinking. I was subconsciously drinking and you have to reprogram your brain to do that. And one of the ways that I did that is I started a business with two guys who were nine months and 11 months sober. And it was the first time that I'd been around successful men that were sober and they were comfortable and they were happy. And so they gave me the freedom and the space to do that. And then I started with health for me, it was health and it was you know, what if I adopted the lifestyle of a healthy person? Well, what does that look like? Well, it doesn't matter how much I bench. It doesn't matter what I do. It just matters that I move my body every day. And that's what I do. And so that's what I do. And I move my body every day. And it's kind of my trigger to like get my day going. And, um, you know, it's not easy. You know, what, what, what they always tell you, like, it was really easy for me to lose 65 to like, those 60 pounds, it's really hard to lose that last five and it's taken forever and it's still going on. But then I realized that there's nowhere I'm trying to get because I already feel great. So if I just keep focusing on chasing feelings and feeling great, well then over the long term, I'll be very healthy. Yeah. I haven't made that shift. I think that's a really important shift for people to understand is that you will make really great gains. And let's, let's just focus only on fitness uh, weight, you will make really great gains, but you have to put things into place. And you said, you know, feeling great, the, the, the benefit, the other benefits of exercise besides the weight, because you'll give up if you're waiting for that last five pounds. I've been waiting for the last 10 pounds. Not only that, not only that you'll let your mood be dictated on those five pounds. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. And so- I do true story guys. I'll be as transparent as possible. Mentally. I couldn't handle the scale anymore. Couldn't do it. Yeah. It was, it was, it was running my whole day. And so I just threw it out the fucking window. And for a year and a half, 
year. I didn't measure myself. It was fucking freedom. It was so awesome. So awesome. Yeah. So you obviously had to develop some habits and I know that you did 75 hard and that kind of changed mm-hmm. you and you hung on yeah. to a lot of those habits. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I tell people do 75 hard with caution. Um, and I tell them that I did 151 days. So it's coming from a guy who, who, who did it. Basically, I didn't want to do all it has, you know, specific stages and changes. And I just wanted to keep going. And I did because I just had developed a lifestyle that was it, it, it was just part of my two 45 minute workouts a day. Yep. One of them is going to be outside. Awesome. I still do that. That has not changed. I have not changed my water habit. Because, because, because you've, you've created a baseline of habits that's 95% higher than the normal society. Yeah. And, and here's the scary thing. And this is what people don't understand. I, I, this might be the number one thing I talk about more than anything. They're like, well, I love my freedom. I love, you know, I get to go with the flow. What you don't understand is discipline creates freedom. Yeah. I've never, here's the deal. My day is so busy. My week is so busy. I'm doing so many things that if I didn't have those things, I wouldn't be able to do my day. Simple as that. Yeah. Work will fill all the time. It keeps me locked in. Yeah. Yeah. I, uh, the reason I, 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 warn people about 75 hard is because I'm a firm believer in habit stacking. And some of, when I started 75 hard, I was already doing X, Y, and Z. So I was just adding a few and I feel like it's kind of this succeed or burn type of thing. So you, it's a personality thing. You get really got to like deep reach deep. I think everybody should do it. And I think they should finish it. I think they should do 75 days. I think as a man, you should see what you're made of. And you should, that's my personal opinion, <laughs> but it's yeah, like, and, and no, me too. Me too. I was already kind of doing some things. So for me, it wasn't that hard. I'll be honest with you. Like just kind of like involving some more things. But one of the things that I take from Andy Fasella is, is to win the day. Like, look, the reason that you're unhappy or feeling like you can't control your week is because you've added too much shit on your plate. Like, look, a lot of my clients want to network with new people, right? Okay. Well, Networking with new people every week is not a goal. That is a light, that's a dissonance because you're never finished. But if you say, I'm going to network with five people a week and you finish on Wednesday, well, then you're done. And so we have to put some parameters around them. And so everything in life is predicated off compound effect. Mm -hmm. So if you were to meet five people every week for three years, how much farther along did you be? A lot farther. But if you don't put a number on it, it is what it is. And so a lot of high performers, what I found they do is they schedule in time with their kids. Like I play with my son at this moment. And that's way the whole family knows this is the time. And I'm not spending the whole week going, when am I going to fit this in? When am I going to fit this in? Because they shouldn't get what's left over. They should know where they stand. Right. Yeah. Well, I mean, you, you got to, there's, the high performers do that because they know Parkinson's law work will fill all time. So you, you, um, they do this and they say, look, I want to be intentional about the time with my kids. And if I'm not, it's going to be filled with work. And so success thing, there's two things in life that always find a place money and time. Yep. If you don't have a place for them, they'll find it. Yeah. 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 So I love that, that make they, they, those most successful people block out that time. They make that time. You, you look, you are, I, dude, I've done so much work on this and like studied it, read so many books, so many people I've talked to 400 plus podcasts. I really believe that this entire shit is predicated on your habits. I really do think regardless of how much money you make, if you, if you read slight edge from Jeff, from Jeff Olson, he says the problem with habits is they're just as easy to do. They're just as easy not to do. Like if you eat the burger, you're not going to die. If you miss that workout, you're not going to die. But over time, doing that enough times is going to take you off your trajectory. But if you do small wins every day and you create a lifestyle based off of healthy habits, I promise you that the work you're putting in now will show up six months down the road, eight months down the road. Like, look, I don't know what happened. I can't explain it. I'm going to write a book about it eventually. But from 
April, which was, I had one of my biggest clients leave me who was addicted to drugs and she didn't tell me and she just ghosted me. And it was a lot of money, right? To here I was and Leland said, you have two options. You can either pack it up and be a little, you know what, or you can figure it out. Stop being everybody's friend and treat your business like a business, right? Yep. May, best month ever. June, best month ever. July, best month ever. August beat that month. September, having record month, right? My business is flourishing. My clients are happy. But what people don't understand is that's all done because a year ago, I did 300 podcasts and posted every day and worked out and met with a million people. And I'm in the, in the, what I'm doing now will show up a year from now as well. It doesn't, that's the number one rub is that you have to be consistent with your actions when you don't see the benefits. That's the hardest thing. So yeah, it's so true because you're sowing a seed that may not grow for who knows how long. And yeah, I'm so on board with this. Um, So you, what is your routine look like? What are, what things did you start doing uh, to kind of replace, because you said it's more of a replacement than it is. And everybody's addicted to something. Everybody's addicted to something. Is it positive or is it negative? And so for me, (laughs) yeah, for me, it's, I get up in the morning. I, I go walk uh, for 45 minutes every, every day. Uh, I'll do some posting on social media, get my stuff out of the way for that. Um, I'll message, uh, I work with some people in Europe, so I'll message, we'll talk about some business stuff. And then uh, I'm on the West Coast now uh, in the last month and my clients are in New York. So a lot of my calls are super early. So I'll do a little workout. Uh, and then uh, what I do, and this is just me, um, it's just how I live my life. Um, you know, I front load my week. So Monday, Tuesday, Wednesdays, and like today I have a busy day just for some reason, but uh, typically Monday, Tuesday, Wednesdays are my busy days. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm real big into time uh, blocking my schedule. So, so Mondays for coaching. Um, so I might be working for 16 hours, but I'm done for the week. Right. And so, so I think one of the number one issues, and I don't, I don't schedule things on Friday. Like that's my loose day. I'm kind of like talking to investors or golfing, but what I do is like, let's say, I think this is where a lot of people mess up their schedule. Let's say on Tuesday, I have one meeting and that's at nine o'clock. Right. Well, what people will do is they'll say, let me take a meeting at three o'clock in the afternoon. Oh, I'm, I do this. I hate it. No, yeah. no, you will not. You will schedule it a different day or it's going to be at eight o'clock or 10 o'clock yeah. and you're done. So I have two meetings and then I'm done. No, but that's not what people do. I'm going to have a meeting at seven o'clock and I'm going to have a meeting at four in the afternoon. Sorry, Charlie, doesn't work. Move it to a different day. Yeah, I agree. It's, it's something I'm working really hard on. And that's why yesterday I had a day of nothing, basically. And I got to do cool stuff. But, it, mm-hmm. you know, I want to talk to a specific group of people. Hopefully they're listening. There, there are some men in the group that I feel like, and this is going to be always in life. You say, you know, they're like, I can't work out. I get up at 3 a.m. and I drive to work. It takes me an hour to get there. I work until 4 p.m. It takes me an hour to work home. Then I go to my son's X, Y, Z. And I'm just so tired of hearing it. I'm so tired of hearing it. So I want to hear from your point of view, this this eternal um, excuse. of So so whoever says that, um, yeah, save that bullshit for yourself. Like, it's just... No, the guys that are up with it, we know that you're full of shit. Yeah. It's as simple as that. Yeah. Dude, I have been to a gym like twice this year because of COVID. Like, yeah. you don't need get some weights. There's there's a thing outside. It's called pavement. You walk on it. <laughs> it's very free, you know. But yeah. here's what we're doing is we're going to create and we're going to put excuses in our life so we have it out. Always. You know. We're going we're gonna to hide our workout clothes in the drawer instead of put them out in the morning, right? We're going we're gonna, to, because here's what, here's what they don't tell you. And this is where it gets really like psychologically. This is, this is going to be the mind fuck. They like it. Mm-hmm. They like it because then they have something to bitch about because you're playing the victim. But I'm going to let you in on a secret. You know, 
my mantra and kind of my thing that got me going and my, my staff has full disclosure to send this to me whenever I complain, nobody cares, work harder. Yep. Guys, you're either healthy or you're not, but understand that when you don't have your health, it's all you'll want. And so I really think that, you know, Ed Milet says, uh, you know, what does he say? Uh, train like an athlete, think like a CEO, like, you're seeing all these entrepreneurs these days on stage. Like if you make, and I, and I mean this so much, it's not even funny. If you make $2 million net profit a month and you are 90 pounds overweight, I don't give a fuck what you have to say. I literally don't care. Are you a whole life millionaire? Mm. Do your, does your kids like you? Do your wife like you? Are you healthy? Do you make money? Are you a great boss? It's the whole package, baby. My mentor has a podcast, coaches 20 people, owns three hotels, has five development projects going on, and two young girls, and he works out every day. Yeah. Yeah. I, 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 I struggle with people like that because I'm like, you are your own worst enemy. And the beautiful thing about um, complaining, the beautiful thing about being complacent it's not beautiful at all, is that you will be surrounded by people who complain and are complacent. It's the only people that will hang out with you. You'll hate your life. You'll hate them, but you're not, you will get fatter and you will get lazier and you'll get poorer and you'll get more unhappy. I will say this though. I will say this. I think one of the things that gets them hung up is they're too worried about what it needs to be instead of just the act of doing it. Guys, we're, we're not in PE class anymore. Nobody gives a shit how much you're benching. But the act of keeping the promises to yourself and doing it, even if it's for 15 minutes, if it's walking, that's all that matters. And then over time, that 15 turns into 20 and so on and so on. But we get caught up in overthinking what well, needs to look like this. And I need to run this much. And I need to lift this much weight. No, 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 no. It's the internal confidence where I messed up with my, with my drug addiction and my alcoholism is I thought it was the promises that other people broke to me that were messing me up. And I realized it was the promises I broke to myself. I had no internal contract with myself because I ruined it so many times. I stopped and started so many times. And so when I say that I get viscerally aggressive, when I sign up for something, I'm doing it. Mm-hmm. And so when we had the ice storm and no water and no electricity, working out on the road, working out, because I made a promise to myself that that's something I will live by and I will honor that no matter what I got to do. Yeah. I, I live by the same mantra. It, it, there's nothing that breaks it. There's nothing. And, and, mm-hmm. and when you have that head, that head space, it becomes easy. It really becomes easy. And I think you make a really good point. Just do it. You can, you can get ridiculously fit by walking. And I know that's so hard for people to understand. Well, walk, like you said, 15 minutes, then increase your pace, then increase your distance and increase your pace, like step by step by step by step. We have these, we have these, you know, these diets, right? This workout, this new workout machine, this Peloton guys, and my girlfriend could show you up. Okay. You could do push-ups, pull-ups and walk. And I promised you, you'd be in the best shape of your life. That's it. And what's interesting is, you know what they ask me all the time, all the time. What's the program? What's the program? What should I do? Do it. Uh, Wake up. You're the program. Yeah. You are the program, not the program. And when you do that, boom, you're off to the races. Yeah. Well, you think about it, you know, everyone's wanting to know the next trick. The Peloton thing is this, it's the group. It's, it's having a place to be and there's social things going on. And, but like men need to spend time in solitude. They need to go out outside. I don't want you walking inside. I don't, I, it was negative, like, you know, snow apocalypse and, or in Texas here, negative 23 one day I'm walking the exact same thing route. I walk every single day. There's, it was beautiful. No one was around. There's so much flow. You get in a flow. Dude, I met a, I met a, I met a real estate investor in Austin at a meetup who was 70, I want to say, and owned a bunch of properties. And every day for the last 30 years, he walked 
uh, three miles a day. And he was the most fit young dude I've ever met in my entire life. Yep. Yeah. And if you get bored with it, change your route, throw a backpack on and throw a bunch of books in there. Start rucking. Hey, you know, if it's good enough for Navy SEALs, rucking's probably okay for you and it costs nothing. Yeah. <laughs> your kids back. Well, you know what? You know what? And I, and, and I, and I'll harp on this though. And, and this is, this is an internal fight with like three of my clients all the time. It's just not important to them. Yeah. It's not important. If it's important, if you have a health scare, it'll get real important real quick. I just had a client go through COVID and he's trying to get in shape already. And he's like, this really like threw me for a loop. Cause I realized now we're at a place where I really need to make this a focus and I need to be far less worried about, you know, multifamily investing and make sure that I'm still here to have kids. And, and so we don't need to hit the wall doing 150 to make changes. You can start today yeah. and it starts with a five, 10 minute walk. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, yeah. It's just, it's, it's the habit stacking thing. It's to do one thing and then add on to it. Mm-hmm. Give yourself time. You know, you can try and do new year's resolutions for four years and fail. You will fail every year because you have these huge goals or you can start today and do a tiny thing. And in four years, you'll be way beyond where you were. If you had actually held four years in New Year's resolutions. So, so one of my favorite quotes ever is one of my good friends. He's a runs ultra marathons, ex Navy guy. He says, you can't simultaneously beat yourself up for not performing at your best while not performing at your best. Right. Oh, that's really good. Shame cycle. Yeah. yeah. Oh, you didn't do this. And now I'm going to beat myself up again. And then we're just in this shame loop over and over again. Yeah. Yeah. What you about you? You got to give yourself some grace. Outside of fitness, where else have you found that? And we'll speak to men specifically that men really I like, I like, I like fat. I like fasting. I like fasting. Oh, really? I think it's wild. Okay. Because it's amazing the conversations that go into your head when you don't eat and you don't realize how much a part of it is. So every Monday uh, I'll do like a, so from Sunday afternoon to Monday, I do a 24 hour fast. I've gone as far as three days before. And uh, I already do intermittent fasting. And for me, it's just testing the mind because what happens is you get hungry, right? And it's a wave over you and you're like, damn, I feel sick. And this is what you do. You breathe it through, and then guess what? In five minutes, it passes, and you're good. And you're like, oh, my God, I'm actually stronger than my needs. My brain is actually stronger than my needs, and I think it's just training my brain. Yeah. Yeah, so I talk a lot about doing hard things every day, and it sounds like you are a big proponent of that. Mm -hmm. What do you do to keep raising the level, though? Uh, Be around people that are faster, stronger, smarter, and have way more money than me. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. <laughs> and then, and then hold me to the fire, you know, like, I mean, it's, you know, we're, we're, we're but, but also like in, in full truth, I think I've accidentally done it on my own because I'm a coach. And if your coach isn't driving the ball forward or driving the needle, then what kind of coach can I be? Right. So I've actually almost built in my own social uh, accountability on accident. Which I think is a brilliant tool. I'll do social re- accountability whenever I can. Hey, I have this goal. I'm doing it. And I'll put it out there usually mm-hmm. to an inner circle of men or someone who's going to call me out. That accountability is really important sometimes to a big group, but I think uh, a lot of men just hide. They don't tell anybody what they're doing and they, and they fail often. Mm-hmm. What happens when because, we- because you know what, and this is very important for your group and it's come up four times this week. So I want, I think this is going to hit home with everybody. What happens when a man like pours himself into his work for like 15, 20 years, like makes all the money. And then he turns around and does this to his kids. See, I did all this for you. And the kids go, we didn't fucking ask you to. Right. I think that happens way more than we want to admit. Yeah. Yeah. I I had this conversation with my 17 year old. And we were talking about money and we were talking about where I had been and where I was going. And, and it was really obvious. He didn't care. <laughs> he's like, he's like, that's awesome. Yeah. But that's not what matters to him. And I think 
I think parents should have that conversation. Like, do you care how much money I make? How does it make you feel that I work this much? I think we mm-hmm. like ask the questions. And it was this really open, like, no, no, it doesn't matter. What matters is that when he walks in the door, my attention is on him. I ask him the questions. I listen to his stories. I'm there for him if he's having a crappy day or I can help solve a problem for him in that moment. That's what matters. This, uh, I had a, my mentor was up here yesterday and we had a long talk in the car and we were driving to the bank. We're talking about the future, my role in this hospitality group as we buy more hotels. And I already knew the answer because I know who he is as a father, but I said, I'm letting you know right now, like it's very important to me that I'm a present father. I don't really care how much I have going on. Like this is something that matters to you. And if, and I already knew what he was going to say, but I'm like, this is probably uh, my highest need moving forward once I do have kids. And so, yeah, I might work, you know, the 16 hours on Monday, but then like, I'm going to be like off on Friday and everybody's going to know that you don't fuck with Friday and that's when everybody gets the attention. So I think that we have to create boundaries because understand that if you're going for it, which I respect, I have, you know, coaching business, two podcasts, four companies, like I go for it just as hard as anybody else, but understand that that's for me. It's not for anybody else in my life. And that's okay. And I'm willing to admit that for myself because I need that because I want to create jobs and impact people, but understand that the people in my life don't need to, they don't need to, you know, Leland, you know what he said that like, we almost fell out of our chair. Like when he said on the podcast, he said, I think a lot of people are walking around this world, living others injected values. Yeah. And so understand that your values in Europe and you're getting upset with your counterpart or somebody, your business partner, they don't hold the same values as you. But what you did is you, you just evaluated, you just said out loud, this is what I'm going to do at this point. And I think you said that probably at a risk. Like what if somebody that you're working with is like, no, if you're working in this group, you're working 60 hours a week and you're always working Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday. That doesn't work for me. Yep. I thank you though. And what's really odd. And I'm not saying it's why we got divorced. That's not what I'm saying. And it took me 36 years to admit this. Me me and my ex-wife got in a really, really big fight, like really nasty, like going to Christmas. And I said to her, I said, I don't give a shit what you think. I'm going to chase success for me and to create impact. And what sounds really weird to say this, it was the first time that I admitted it to myself. Mm -hmm. And I think from there, it was, there was no turning back because I finally told the universe, yes, This is what I truly want. I don't have one foot in, one foot out. I've got all the feet in. And ever since then, everything is. Both feet in. And this is a little different than your story, but it's the same. A lot of men over the last three years have messaged me because I've done, I've always talked about, hey, I'm leaving X, Y, Z to go do this thing because I know it's going to progress me further. I'm leaving this job that pays me well and monthly and gives me all these perks to do X, Y, Z. And then will message me many men. What do I do to start my own business? What do I do to take my hobby into the next level? And you just said it, (laughs) you just like put both feet in and make it, make it very clear and just do it. Look, I I do this, I do this exercise with my clients. So I'll try try to do it. It's really interesting exercise. I, I tell them, I said, what if, you went all, I mean, all the way in and you let everybody know in your life that you were going all the way in for the next six months. And I say, name me, you know, five positive things that would happen. Well, I'd be healthier. I'd have more money. Uh, I'd have fulfillment. The business would explode and everything. And I say, okay, great. Now name me the negative. <laughs> there is none. You're not all, you're not all in. Yeah. You're not all in. You're halfway in. You're letting the fear hold your other leg back. Yeah. Yeah. Same story I tell all the time. It's like you walk into a a bathroom and it's just ridiculously disgusting, but you got to do your business. You're in there. And by the time you're washing your hands, you're like, just totally (laughs) normal. And the guy comes walking and he's like, oh, you can tell like, you know, and you're like, oh, I didn't even smell it. That's you in your life right now. 
You're yeah. so in your own shit. You don't smell it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, that, that's I love that. I'm going to steal that. That's fucking great. Yeah, I have a longer version of it, but that's that's my favorite. I heard that about 12 years ago and I'm like, well, the problem was is I heard someone tell that story and I literally was like, wow, I am sitting in that bathroom right now and it's disgusting. <laughs> I love yeah. it. Yeah. So, uh, Austin, this has been ridiculously awesome. I want guys to understand where to find you because um, I think it's incredibly important. And yeah. So, one last Austin, really important question for you. What's that? When you're what's done. Okay. Oh, so, AustinLinney.com, L I N N E Y, or you can check me up on Instagram, Austin Linney. Shoot me a DM. Awesome. And, Austin, uh, just from my input, Austin is authentic. He will help you if he can. He will push you and make you feel comfortable. The dude, I think, had me crying 15 minutes and we weren't even supposed to be talking about the thing we were talking about. So, um, <laughs> and literally, 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 I'm going to say it changed my life in that 15 minutes. Just no, you know, but you want to know why I did though, because I changed your wife's life. Yeah. Yeah. And because I saw how much her happiness meant to you and that's the way to your heart yeah you know it brother you know it and uh, i'll be eternally thankful last question when you've left this world uh you'll if what will your legacy be if you've succeeded i want to say i want everybody to clap their hands and say good fucking game mm-hmm. <laughs> you know i always say this and it's ed Milet that really made me think about this he said he believes that when he's done and, and this world's over, he said he's going to walk up to God and standing next to God is going to be the best version of himself that God created. And he goes, I want that guy to look at me and go good fucking game. So same, same version. Yeah. That's same good. version. Yeah. Awesome. Thank you so much, Austin. Thanks for pouring into the men that listen to this. Awesome. Thank you, sir. Thank you for listening to the Brotherhood of Fatherhood podcast. If you enjoyed the podcast, be sure to share it with your friends, your family, and follow us on social media. If you are a father, make sure you join our Facebook group, The Brotherhood of Fatherhood. Hit the subscribe button and tune in next time for more podcasts from The Brotherhood of Fatherhood.